Chapter Twenty Three of the Girl in the Golden Atom by Ray Cummings. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Lilda's Plan. Back home, comfortably seated upon the broad balcony overlooking the lake, the three men sat waiting to hear their host's explanation of the strange events they had witnessed. Lilda busied herself preparing a light noonday meal, which she served charmingly on the balcony while they talked. My friends, the chemist began, I tried to give you this morning a picture of this world and the life I have been leading here. I think you understand, although I did not specifically say so, that all I said related to the time when I first came here. That you would call this life utopia because of the way I outlined it, I do not doubt, or at least you would call it a state of affairs as near utopian as any human beings can approach. All that is true. It was utopia. But, gentlemen, it is so no longer. Things have been changing of recent years until now. Well, you saw what happened this morning. I cannot account for the first cause of this trouble. Perhaps the Malite War, with its disillusionment to our people. I do not know. Faith in human kindness was broken. The Oroids could no longer trust implicitly in each other. A gradual distrust arose, a growing unrest, a dissatisfaction which made no demands at first, nor seemed indeed to have any definite grievances of any sort. From it there sprang leaders, who by their greater intelligence created desire that fed and nourished their dissatisfaction, gave it a seemingly tangible goal that made it far more dangerous than it ever had been before. About a year ago, there first came into prominence the man whom you saw this morning condemned to death. His name is Targo. He is a Malite, full-blooded, I believe, although he says not. For twenty years or more, he has lived in Orlog, a city some fifty miles from Arite. His wife, is an Oroid. Targo, by his eloquence and the power and force of his personality, won a large following in Orlog, and, to a lesser degree, in many other cities. Twice some months ago he was arrested and reprimanded, the last time with a warning that a third offense would mean his death. "'What is he after?' asked the very young man. "'The Targos, as they are called, demand principally a different division of the land. Under the present system, approximately one-third of all the land is in the hands of the government. Of that, generally, more than half lies idle most of the time. The Targos wish to have this land divided among the citizens. They claim also that most of the city organizations do not produce as large a dividend as the Targos could show under their own management. They have many other grievances that there is no reason for me to detail. "'Why not let them try out their theories in some city?' suggested the big businessman. "'They are trying them,' the chemist answered. "'There was a revolution in Orlog about six months ago. Several of its officials were assassinated, almost the first murders we have ever had. The Targos took possession of the government.' A brother of this man you saw this morning 
became leader of the city. Orlog withdrew from the Oroid government and is now handling its affairs as a separate nation. I wonder, began the big businessman thoughtfully, well, why not let them run it that way, if they want to? No reason if they were sincere, but they are not sincere nor honest fundamentally. Their leaders are for the most part Malites, or Oroids with Malite blood, and they are fooling the people. Their followers are all the more unintelligent, more gullible individuals, or those in whom there lies a latent criminal streak. The thing doesn't work. Sexual license is growing in Orlog. Crimes against women are becoming more and more frequent. Offenses committed by those prominent or in authority go unpunished. Women's testimony is discredited, often by concerted lying on the part of men witnesses. Many families are leaving Orlog, leaving their land and their homes deserted. In other cities where the Targos threaten to gain control, the same thing is happening. Most of these refugees come to Arite. We cannot take care of them. There is not enough land here. Why not take your army and clean them up, suggested the very young man. They were seated around the little table at which Lilda was serving lunch. At the question, she stopped in the act of pouring a steaming liquid from a little metal kettle into their dainty golden drinking cups and looked at the very young man gravely. Very easy it would be to do that, perhaps, she said quietly, but these Targos, except a few, they are our own people, and they too are armed. We cannot fight them, we cannot kill them, our own people. We may have to, said the chemist, but you see, I did not realize, I could not believe the extent to which this Targo could sway the people, nor did I at first realize what evils would result if his ideas were carried out. He has many followers, right here in Arite. You saw that this morning. How did you catch him? interrupted the very young man. Yesterday he came to Arite, said Lilda. He came to speak. With him came fifty others. With them, too, came his wife to speak here to our women. He thought we would do nothing. He defied us. There was a fight this morning, and many were killed. And we brought him to the court. You saw. It's a serious situation, said the doctor. I had no idea. We can handle it. We must handle it, said the chemist. But, as Lilda says, we cannot kill our own people, only as a last desperate measure. Suppose you wait too long, suggested the big businessman. You say these Targos are gaining strength every day. You might have a very bad civil war. That was the problem, answered the chemist. But now you come, said Lilda. You change it all when you come down to us out of the great beyond, our people. They call you genii of the master, they. Oh, gee, I never thought of that murmured the very young man. What do you think of us? They think you are supernatural beings, of course, the chemist said, smiling. Yet they accept you without fear, and they look to you and to me for help. This morning, there at the court, said Lilda, I heard them say that Targo spoke against you. Devils, he said, from the great blue star, come here with evil for us all. 
and they believe him, some of them. It was for that perhaps they acted as they did before the court. In A right now, many believe in Targo, and it is bad, very bad. The truth is, added the chemist, your coming, while it gives us unlimited possibilities for commanding the course of events, at the same time has precipitated the crisis. Naturally, no one can understand who or what you are. And as Lilda says, the Targos undoubtedly are telling the people you come to ally yourself with me for evil. There will be thousands who will listen to them and fear and hate you, especially in some of the other cities. What does the king say? asked the doctor. You will see him tomorrow. He has been anxiously waiting for you. But you must not forget, the chemist added with a smile. The king has had little experience facing strife or evil doing of any kind. It was almost unknown until recently. It is I and you, gentlemen, who are facing the problem of saving this nation. The very young man's face was flushed, and his eyes sparkled with excitement. We can do anything we like, he said. We have the power. Aye, that is it, said Lilda. The power we have. But, my friend, we cannot use it. Not for strife, for death. We cannot. The execution of Targo will cause more trouble, said the chemist thoughtfully. It is bound to make... When will you put him to death? asked the big businessman. Tomorrow he dies, Lilda answered. Tomorrow, before the time of sleep. There will be trouble, said the chemist again. We are in no personal danger, of course, but for the people who now believe in Targo, I am afraid. A plan I have made, said Lilda. She sat forward tensely in her chair, brushing her hair back from her face with a swift gesture. A plan I have made. It is the only way I now think that maybe there comes no harm to our people. It is that we want to do, if we can. She spoke eagerly, and without waiting for them to answer, went on swiftly. This drug you have brought, I shall take it. And I shall get big, oh, not so very big, but big enough to be the height of a man, it may be ten times. Then shall I talk to the people, I, Lilda, woman of the master, and then shall I tell them that this power this magic is for good, not for evil, if only they will give up Targo and all who are with him. I will take it with you, said the chemist. Together we... No, no, my husband. Alone I must do this. Ah, do you not know? They say these stranger devils come with their magic for evil. And you too, you must not forget, once were a stranger just as they. That the people know, that they remember. But I, I, Lilda, a woman of the Oroids, I am full-blooded Oroid, no stranger. They will believe me a woman, for they know I cannot lie. I shall tell them I am for good, for kindness, for all we had that time before the Malite War, when everyone was happy. And if they will not believe, if, as I say, they will not do, then shall my power be indeed for evil, and all who will obey me not shall die, but they will believe. No need will there be to threaten. 
To many cities I will go, and in them all of those who want to live by Targo's law will I send to Orlog. And all in Orlog who believe him not will I tell to leave, and to the other cities go to make their homes. Then Orlog shall be Targo's city, and tomorrow he will not die, but go there into Orlog and become their king. For I shall say, it may be there are some who like his rule of evil, or it may be he is good in different fashion, and in time can make us see how his law, too, is just and kind. Then shall live in Orlog all who wish to stay, and we shall watch their rule, but never shall we let them pass beyond their borders, for if they do, then shall we kill them. All this I can do, my husband, if you but will let me try. For me, they will believe a woman, Oroid, all of blood, for they know women do not lie. She stopped, and the fire in her eyes changed to a look of gentle pleading. If you will but let me try, she finished, my husband, please. The chemist glanced at his friends, who sat astonished by this flow of eager, impassioned words. Then he turned again to Lilda's intent, pleading face, regarding her tenderly. "'You are very fine, little mother of my son,' he said, gently, lasping for a moment into her own style of speech. "'It could do no harm,' he added thoughtfully, and perhaps... "'Let her try it,' said the doctor. "'No harm could come to her.' "'No harm to me could come,' said Lilda quickly. And I shall make them believe I can, because I am a woman, and they will know that I tell the truth. Ah, you will let me try, my husband, please. The chemist appealed to the others. They will believe her, many of them, he said. They will leave Orlog as she directs, but those in other cities will still hold to Targo. They will simply remain silent for a time. What their feelings will be or are we cannot tell. Some will leave, and go to Orlog, of course, for Lilda will offer freedom of their leader, and to secure that they will seem to agree to anything. But after all, they are nothing but children at heart, most of them. Today they might believe in Lilda. Tomorrow Targo could win them again. He won't get a chance, put in the very young man quickly. If she says we kill anybody who talks for Targo outside of Orlog, that goes. It's the only way, isn't it? And she might really convince them, or most of them, added the doctor. You will let me try, asked Lilda softly. The chemist nodded. Lilda sprang to her feet. Her frail little body was trembling with emotion. On her face was a look almost of exaltation. You will let me try, she cried. Then I shall make them believe, here, now, this very hour. I shall make them know the truth, and they, my own people, shall I save from sorrow, misery, and death. She turned to the chemist and spoke rapidly. My husband, will you send Oteo now up into the city? Him you will tell to have others spread the news. All who desire an end to Targo's rule shall come here at once, and all too who believe in him, and who, for him want freedom, they shall come too. 
Let Oteo tell them magic shall be performed, and Lilda will speak with them. Make haste, my husband, for now I go to change my dress. Not as the master's woman will I speak, but as Lilda, Oroid woman, woman of the people. And with a flashing glance, she turned and swiftly left the balcony. End of chapter 23